0: This is Betsy and in today's episode, we are interviewing one of the people who I consider to be one of the most embodied wild women I have ever met. Salisha Aya is founder of Activate Your Alchemy. She is a sacred leader who empowers women toward healing and embodiment of their own divine sacred feminine. She has done this for me for sure. She cultivates her healing programs weaving in shamanic and tribal wisdom traditions, ancient philosophy, movement medicine, and creative intuitive practices. She is also deeply committed to her own healing. She connects to her divinity and spiritual expansion daily, and she remains a humble student of Mama Earth and sacred plant medicines. She is co-founder of the Anahata Soul Center. She's publisher of St. Kitts and Nevis Visitor Magazine, and she is the owner-operator of The Conscious Kitchen, all headquartered on the beautiful Caribbean island of St. Kitts where she lives with her two children and her fiancé, business partner, Adam Rice. Salisha, dear, we are so, so happy to have welcome. you here today. Welcome. Thank you so much,
1: Betsy. Thank you so much, Kate, for having me on this beautiful, beautiful program. Thank you. Yes. Such an honor. So
0: welcome. Honor to have you. <laughs> well, I want to tell all of our listeners how um, I found Salisha. Um, it was December of this past year when I was going through some major life changes and decisions. And a colleague of mine forwarded me an email for a goddess retreat. And as I read about the retreat, my colleague even had even said to me, I don't think you'll be able to go. It's like in two weeks. But I love what she's doing. You should check it out because I know you're really interested in studying the goddess right now. So I read the email. I looked at the dates. I realized I think I could pull this off. And so I scheduled a phone call uh, to get more information with Salisha. And I have to say that typically I go into these with maybe my critical analytical mind, sort of like, is is am I gonna pay this much money and go across the world to meet someone I've never met? But I have to say from the moment Salisha came on the phone, my heart softened I felt an instant connection with this human. And literally within the first minute of our conversation, I was like, I have to go on this and I have to meet this person. I don't understand why. So we proceeded to have this hour long conversation on my drive to work that morning. And it was the start of what I know is a beautiful friendship and mentorship. So thank you, Salisha, for all of that. Thank you. Thank you, Betsy. I remember that day so well,
1: and I hold it so close to my heart.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was special. It was very special. So Mm -hmm. I have met you and have been in your energy, and we're going to post some of your gorgeous pictures in your website because all of um, my co-hosts here were like, "That's what she looks like. She's (laughs) she is like the uh, she is a goddess. (laughs) Like I will follow her. I will (laughs) follow her anywhere. Now you hear her voice as well, and you're like that voice. (laughs) <laughs> but I know that where you are today, standing in your your power and your light and your wisdom and your expansion and how you are a healing force on this planet, I also know that it's it's been a road to get there. And um, so where we often start with our interviews is having people talk about where we came from, those first 10 years of life that are so pivotal in shaping who we are and how from that it really is the pathway into what comes next. So tell us about how you grew up, where you grew up, what it was like in those first 10 years as a little girl. Yeah, Betsy, that was a really
1: big time. Um, The first 10, 15 years of my life was... Uh, I grew up in Trinidad in the Caribbean and uh, it was a beautiful Caribbean island, uh, sunshine and ocean and rainforest. But my life was not like that. I mean, I grew up in a very dark, traumatic, codependent, brutally abusive home. Um, My father was an alcoholic and he had a deep hatred for women, the feminine. Mm. He was, you know, he had a lot of trauma and anger inside of him so when he drank alcohol oh gosh we felt it my mother and myself uh, we were the victims of very p- brutal abuse and um, one of my very first memories I was five years old and I remember not wanting to go to school and my mother came in I was living with my grandmother my mother came into my hu- the house and she's like okay you got to get to school and I ran outside outside to his blue truck. I could see it Mm. in front of me right now. And I ran towards him and he grabbed me at the neck and he pulled me up to the truck. And I remember my little Silesia five-year-old feet dangling. Mm. And he put this uh, knife to my, we called his dagger to hit my throat. And it was really brutal. You know, he said, you know, if you don't go to school today, I'm going to kill you. And Um, I remember looking into his eyes and seeing this fierce, angry soul Mm. and not being able to understand why or what I did that deserved that. And that carried through, you know, um, for a great deal of my childhood was based in uh, abuse, you know, him. Busting through the door and pulling me out by my hair to abuse me, or there's another very violent memory of me remembering him running behind me with a machete um, oh and just gosh. using the most wild and and horrible words um, towards me as a little girl, a very innocent little girl, and that was a, a really scary place to be. So I would say that the emotion and the feeling that inside of me was, I, I you know, there was so much pain, fear. Uh, There was no safe space to really run to because as much as I was running, there was always this anger running behind me, this craziness running behind me. And my mother, she worked for the family. My father didn't. So Mm. at the end of her work, she came home to deal with four kids. We lived in in a very humble home. And she was quite tired and dealing with this abusive man. So she was also mentally drained. So there was no real protection from her because she herself was in this really terribly codependent relationship and the victim of very brutal abuse herself. So I had nowhere to really go with this. You know, I I had to just sit there, take it and think, okay, this is what You go through, this is part of it,
0: you know. But how did your little Um, soul, I mean, because you, did you, could you see at a deeper level, even as a young, young girl, that um, this isn't right or there's got to be something more?
1: Well, I remember thinking at that time, why don't they love me? You know, Mm -hmm. why, why wouldn't they love me? I'm a little girl. What did I do wrong? You know, why wouldn't they love me? Why were they using these like really harsh words, towards me. I didn't, I didn't understand, you know, I just felt confused most of the time, you know, and when it was time for my licking, as we call it in the Caribbean, which was my beating, I just went for it. Okay. All right, let's Mm. go. And that, I mean, I learned a really, very detrimental skill at the time which was to disassociate I would Mm -hmm. zone out completely from that and think okay well this is just what it is for now this is how people live
2: you were in survival mode most of your life
1: definitely I was in survival and just yeah how do I just disassociate so I can stay alive it was an innate natural feeling at the time and so, as I continued to grow up, um, you know, becoming a teenager, I this is where my I think my true nature started to to prowl a bit. I mm. knew that something was not right there, and I left home really early. Um, How old were you? This, um, about fourteen.
0: Fourteen. You left home at fourteen. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, Where did you go? and um, I, well, for a significant period of that, um, I, well, at the beginning, I should say, I, I was on the streets for a little while. And uh, part of my memory still, I have not, um, I don't, I can't remember how long that was, but it could have been a few weeks, it could have been a few months, Um, that I was living down the street under, you know, uh, this um, supermarket that I I worked at before, Mm. living in boxes and just like, you know, living homeless for a little while. Um, And there was a part of me that knew that I couldn't go back there. It didn't matter where I was in that moment. I just couldn't go back there. And as time passed, I snuck back home. And as if nothing happened, I just went back inside and, um, they allowed me in, mm. <laughs> strange enough, and nobody ever talked about it. No one ever said anything. No. <laughs> yeah, no one ever said anything. It's as if I was there the whole time. And it was a really dysfunctional space, you know. Uh, nobody talked about anything and feelings especially. Yeah. Just came out in these really wild, horrible, aggressive ways. And uh, after a while, um, my mother sent me to the U.S. to live um, where I stayed for a couple months and at that point, I thought, ah, I, I can't be here. I mean, there's so many stories inside of there as well. But I left and came back home without her knowing. And I found a place to so um, keep I rented Trinidad. a little apartment. Yeah. So I was now about 15, rented a little apartment at 15 um, with an mm-hmm, with an <sighs> older friend. And um I went to I put myself through school. And at least at secondary school in the Caribbean, which is a British system. So I went through the secondary school uh, while I was working in the evening and waiting tables. And so and Mm. I found myself into relationships at that point, because from there I was, you know, this young girl that was out there in the world. And I was getting some attention from men, especially older men. And And at the time, what I didn't realize was they were predators, really. Um, and I got myself into some very, very toxic relationships and situations that I was, at the time, I feel looking for safety, um, looking for any glimpse of love, anything that would feel like, oh, I got a hug to the one. That felt so good. He must love me. But these men were not in my best interest for sure. And they were wrapped up in all kinds of things. So there was a lot of exposure to um street drugs.
2: Yeah.
1: um, And alcoholism, which in some uh, ways, do
0: you you think that this was also like you were looking for what you didn't get from your father?
1: Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I was I was trying to I was trying to find some meaning to all of it as well, you know, and trying to find myself at the same time. But of course, we're always trying to figure it out yeah, I was trying to figure it out, but I had no guidance. Right. So there was no one really saying, okay, well, you got to look out for this type of person or, you know, this may look a certain way, but it's not real. Or, you know, I didn't know what was real. No mentors, no
0: parents, no one older than you sort of guiding you.
1: No, no. And so I continued along this path with these men who, yeah, they, they were, um, definitely old, they were older and they had, you know they were quite toxic. Yeah, and um, and one of I I know one of my first memories with with one of these men um, or, or a memory I, I have that's very clear right now that's coming up I'll share was um, getting pregnant really young mm. and um, and this man that I was I was around sixteen maybe okay and yeah and being um, beaten until I miscarried. <sighs> it was a lot of abuse I was still somehow bonding with, you know. Was, and, did anyone um, see
0: you though, Salisha? Like, I'm thinking like teachers or aunties or, uh, you know, was there someone there to sort of help you navigate this? Or was this just, maybe this is a start of you having to listen to yourself, learning to navigate mm-hmm.
1: it? Definitely. Yeah. I, I listened to myself I listen all to the time. Yourself. And, you know, it felt like, I was getting myself into these situations that I didn't really understand why I was bonding in these relationships. But at the same time, something in there, I was still always guided. I was still somehow Mm. taken out of these situations and I knew, okay, this doesn't feel good. It didn't feel good for three years, but at least now I know I can't do it anymore. And I would leave and get myself out of it somehow. And just, there was something always guiding me. And I- And I allowed myself even really, at a really young age to tap into that somehow, even, you know, I look back and I I can't say that, always knew, you know, I just always knew there was something there that was just telling me, okay, this isn't right. Get out of it.
0: Yeah. So you
2: (laughs) you had glimpses of that. Did you, in your, you know, as you continue to grow, was there a moment of awakening for you or did that come later in your life?
1: So that come, came a bit later. Um, I found um, I found a good job, a stable job in my early 20s. And um, I discovered that I could um, communicate and interact with what we called at the time was the who's who of the island. And mm. I found this pretty glamorous job and I was interacting with business people and starting to make money and something changed, a cycle changed for me. And I picked up yoga at the time as a movement practice. Mm. I was quite curious. And, you know, this woman that was sitting in front of me who had been to India and, you know, she was chanting the OM at the end. And I'd find all my pores, every goosebumps everywhere. And I thought, there's something special in this. You know, I like this stretchy thing, but I (laughs) love the OM at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but I would still, I was very seduced by the glamour of what I was experiencing in my job. I started traveling the Caribbean and I was working for a pretty glamorous magazine, meeting the who's who of the Caribbean, doing the best of the best hotels. And I thought, okay, that's where I came from. And look where I am now. I have Mm. arrived and i'm I just have years old. Oh, i love
0: mm-hmm. that yeah. i have a ride yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, i should be I, happy I, and full i have a ride
1: yes 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 exactly and you know i i was but at the same time betsy i was still drinking lots of mm. alcohol. I was still eating terribly, um, numbing with relationships and sex. And I did not understand why I just needed to distract myself. I was a party girl. I did all of these like outwardly, what looked like wild, fun things, but I was mainly, and and working. I mean, I was a work addict. i yeah. worked until two in the morning. And this was what, this is what I was supposed to be doing, you know, making money and traveling and being ambitious and feeling successful somehow. And those are the boxes. Well, right? Those are the boxes. Mm, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. we've been told mm-hmm. is
0: success, right? You have yeah. a great job. You're, you're beautiful. You're meeting all these amazing people. You're traveling. Meanwhile, you're numbing mm. all the feelings yeah. and the pain to try to stay at that level. Survive. Yeah
2: to survive yeah. exactly and so I at the time I was
1: uh, in my early 20s 25 or so I met my uh, the kids like I have two beautiful kids I met their dad at that point and I fell in love and he lived in another Caribbean island I got pregnant I moved in with him and he was he represented what I wanted in a partner you know he was stable he had a beautiful family which I had mm. never had right he offered wow. me this gorgeous family and t- today we're still pretty close they're a beautiful family and um, but I was still very much in my unhealed, traumatized, uh, feminine. I, I had a lot to look at that I never looked back at. I was told growing up that you, you do not talk about the past. There's no reason to go back there. Just move yep. forward. Push you it know, under the rug. Told, yep. Get over it. Stuff mm-hmm. it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's nothing you need to look at anymore. I mean, What's over. I Yeah. And if I spoke about it, it's like, what are you looking for? Attention? You know, like, well, why are you saying these things? You want attention? You want, you know, and I just thought, okay, well, you don't talk about these things. And when I did bring it up, I would hear that's quite heavy. I mean, Mm. this is probably not the right place to talk about something so heavy. So I just suppressed all these emotions. You know, I think it's not healthy to talk about these things. Can we pause right there? Because
0: that's such an important point that I just actually want to take home Mm -hmm. really quick for all these listeners is the idea that it's too heavy, right? Like how yeah. often are we told that that's too heavy or that's too dark or lighten up or look for the good or just look at all you have. Like, look at Salish, you have a good job and right. Mm-hmm. And, and you, yet made we it. all feel it. We yeah. feel the heaviness. And so I just want to honor that, like, y- you know, that so mm-hmm. many women feel that heaviness, but we are told to like, you're too dark. You're too heavy. Don't, don't spend so much time you know, going over that.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think it's mm-hmm. a,
0: it's problematic. Like we need to to go there to work through it. And
2: that's where it lives. Mm-hmm. It stays in your body. Yeah. And then yeah. it comes yeah. out in other ways yeah. because it's so So thank deep. you for
0: saying that, Salisha. Yeah. yeah,
2: of course. I mean, definitely was my
1: journey for sure. And, and so at 28, I had my first child, my gorgeous son, Aidan. And Um, you know, carrying on in the beautiful car, the lovely house, the partner, beautiful business, running my own business. And yeah, just being on top of the successful, as you said, Kate, ticking all the boxes. And then it came that question. Um, I stopped one day in my car, 30 years old. And and what was happening, just to go back for one second, was I found that with my son, he's this little baby. He's crying for something or needing something, and I'm I know that I am taking care of him very differently than I was taken care of. I, I I could feel this already, but there were little things coming out. I noticed, like I would scream or I'd get really angry or I'd start speaking to him, and I'm like, whoa, that was. That was the way my mother spoke to me, you know? And I started realizing some things that just, I start hearing myself in this place. And I thought, oh, I'm so different from her. There's no way I'm speaking like her, you know? But I was seeing it coming out in these little ways with my little tiny innocent infant. Yeah. And One day I just, I was driving my sweet little sports car and I stopped, like mash brakes stopped. And the question came, I said, this cannot be it what Ugh, else is there
0: moment this cannot that was the be moment. it this Ugh. cannot be it how many people I, have asked that so many people mm-hmm.
1: yeah. i have everything that i feel that i needed to be happy but i could not feel my heart center i could not feel anything i felt mm. numb i felt empty i felt lost i felt I felt a lot of sadness. Even though I said I felt nothing, I felt sadness. I would cry, but I couldn't feel access to my heart center. Yeah, I, said couldn't that, really I couldn't really feel, feel my sensations. Heart.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I couldn't feel sensations. There was no sensuality to my existence somehow. I couldn't really accept the sweetness of life, although it was all around me, you mm. know? And I remember my partner at the time, the kid's dad saying, can you ever be happy? You know you have everything you need can you
0: ever be happy and that was a question I took home I'm like can I I mean and what, what was that like for you because like as you say that I feel kind of like a dagger in my mm-hmm. my Me core too. my third chakra like that that power like oh that feeling of like look around you can't you be happy you live on a Caribbean mm-hmm. island right but ah oh, do you remember how you felt in that moment when he asked you that Yeah. I felt like something was wrong with me. I felt like I was
1: broken, you know, like, of course I could be happy. I mean, I have all the ingredients here to this secret recipe that I was told is happiness. Yep. You know, there's something wrong um, with me. Why don't
2: I feel it? There's something wrong wrong with me. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after that moment of just kind of clarity that you had that it wasn't right. I mean, did you take steps then or was it a kind of a slow discovery after that?
1: So here, the, the beautiful cosmic joke of the universe, as soon as (laughs) I realized that I got sick in my colon, uh, Uh, yep. All the years of suppression, not being able to let things go, all the things that I held in that space. uh, Like I like to say, I held on to all this shit in my life was just stuck there. And I, got sick. And I really felt like I, um, I was in a very serious space of sickness. The body and, was talking oh, yes. to you. Oh, yeah. My body started up. speaking. It was that point. It was like, okay, now you asked the question. Now what are you going to do about it?
0: Okay. So pause there. Cause that feels important yeah. too. Like the mm-hmm. realization came, this mm-hmm. can't be it, right? There's gotta be something more. And mm-hmm. so that opened you up And then suddenly your body's like, okay, finally she's going to listen. So now we're going to give her even more data to work with in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So keep going.
2: What happens next? (laughs) 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 So
1: then I really think I took my healing journey seriously because now I have to do something about this and I first turned to food and nutrition so I certified as a a health coach nutritionist and I started studying nutrition and understanding how to maybe take care of my body my physical body differently but like everything else you know as you start to look at things a little bit deeper like with the food especially I I actually I, I went a bit drastic I became vegan raw and started to like really like pump nutrients into my body, hear this, I was still really sick. Nothing mm. was really helping. I felt more energy and I felt better, but it was nagging. This pain was just constantly there. And I realized, okay, it's not just- It's not nutrition. just physiological,
0: yeah. right? It's energetic, yeah. Yeah. emotional, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing about the, the nutrition course I did, which turned me on to something else, was I did this one year long um, certification on in, in integrative nutrition. They talked about eating, emotional eating, And that turned me on to okay, wow, there is something here with my health and emotions. And then I started to look a bit deeper into that. So I got much deeper into my meditation and tuning into my body. And from also feeding it right, I started like to really tune in more. You know, what is what do I need to eat? So I started to really tap into the physicalities of the, the body and and how I emotionally chose my food and why I was looking for sugar and when I was looking for sugar and all these different things. But at the same time, a lot was staying in my relationship because I was starting to realize a few things. Wow, I had chosen again out of like an unhealed feminine. I'd chosen in, uh, you know, an uh, uh, unavailable, mm. um, emotionally unavailable partner at the time. And I was struggling and suffering because I couldn't express myself. I didn't have a voice. I had was completely yeah. lost. I was trying to heal myself, take care of a child, and also take care of this relationship that I didn't have any idea how to do. So, and run a business. So there so was a lot again, of. Yeah, yeah, of not time someone while trying to be, heal. So,
0: this feels like one of the themes of your life, Celicia, is that yeah. like it's always been about going in, like self-reliance, turning in, listening to yourself, yeah. no one, mm-hmm. no mentor above you saying, here's a path or here's a way mm-hmm. to do it. Like you have been in the trenches, like listening inwardly and figuring it out for yourself all along. Since, mm-hmm. since and
2: I, I think about your first 10 years yeah, that formed since you, then. you have mm-hmm. had to, you have been the only one you can rely on in the, in those first four yeah. years yeah. and you, you continue to move through your life, turning in inward yeah. and to yourself. Mm-hmm. How, how do mm-hmm. I, I just sense that too, like yeah. just this independence mm-hmm. and um, such a relationship with yourself from the beginning of no one else is looking out for me. I need to, I need to survive here. I need to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you continue to do that
0: even yeah, well, I think that's through. the heart of your work is, it is. is bringing mm. women in to listen to themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That inner wisdom was calling. I mean, she was speaking and I was listening. And one day I was in a meditation and this was a really interesting space because I started to travel out to my world was was, you know, the business world. And I would sneak out into these little retreats here and there. So somehow that was just part of my life, you know, going to do a a yoga teacher's training here or a retreat there. I was interested in this alternative way of living all the time, but I would come back and somehow my whole life was something else. So my real life, it looked like was one thing. And this retreat life was a different thing somehow. I didn't really know how to integrate. The integration it. It was there, there, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and so one day I was in a meditation at home, and I um, I was in this in this very uh, deep space of connecting to my roots because at the time I was healing that root area of my, my my colon and so, and I discovered a beautiful space in India, and I had been called to India because my roots are from India as a master, my grandparents are from India. Okay. And I was called into this beautiful program called Sacred Mystery School in India, held by this wonderful woman. And I and I remember saying at the time, oh, God, please send me mm. um, a, a mentor or guide, someone who can oh, show me yeah. uh, a bit more. You know, it's just like help me to access some of this this stuff that's going on inside. Yeah. And memories were coming up as well at the time that I didn't know how to deal with. I had no one to really speak to at the time. I didn't know where to turn. Things like um, uh, teenage rapes and abuse, um, my First ten years of you know this abuse that was going on in my home that I didn't speak of to anyone, and and when I did, it was as if it wasn't even my story, Betsy. Mm, I would just say it so like, and you know, and people, so I would see like sometimes people would their jaw would drop, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's what happened, yeah, but anyhow, and I'll just move I'm on. Good now, it wasn't good even now. me. Moving, yeah, on, all yeah. good. <laughs> and I and so when I felt this woman, this 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 beautiful woman talking about the sacred mission school and really reconnecting and remembering. I felt really called to her, so very quickly I packed my bags and I went to India. I expressed to my partner the time I needed to go, and he was pretty supportive. And he held my son at the time, and um, and my daughter was now nine also. And uh, and she, we, I went off to India to this two month sacred mystery school wow. and another month of two exploring months? my old hometown of India, which I'd never been to. And there a lot shifted for me because then I was in community
2: with women. Yes. And you finally
0: had
1: some
2: mentorship.
1: mm -hmm, I had some
2: mentorship in a country, in a space that was your roots, where you're rooted. You went back to where your roots were. And I discovered something really
1: special or I should say rediscovered and remembered ceremony, Uh, ritual, because that's uh India. It's all about ceremony and ritual Mm. and connection. And, you know, they have 365 deities. So, you know, every day of the year, they're praying to, you know, a new, a a new God or a new deity or or, and, and connecting in that spiritual realm. And I was, Home. I mean, this felt like I, this mm. has been my life forever. There was something very powerful. And I, I always use the word remembering. I remembered something within myself, yes, this in your DNA. inner wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can feel it. I could start, I started feeling my body. I started feeling. What you
0: feel? Um, yeah, I'm trying to feel into like to it right same. now. Mm-hmm. Or like you go to your mm-hmm. homeland in a way, you find your root, your true root. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What did it feel like? Yeah, it felt,
1: I mean, the word I keep using is at home. I felt at home. I felt um, I could feel that I, I could feel things like fear. I could feel you know, um, I, could I could feel, oh, I'm, 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 why am I so afraid all the time? You know, what what is it that makes me so afraid all the time? I started self-inquiry. You know, I had space. I had time. I had reconnection with other women. I was hearing stories about their lives that were so familiar somehow to me. Um, even if it wasn't my exact story, there was still something that I connected to. And there was this beautiful community that I had never had. Uh, storytelling and ceremony and ritual and that was something that felt like yeah this is this is this is my truth this and is healing because that that's feel, what
0: you create yeah. for women now and I've been through one of your experiences community mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. women's stories realizing you're not alone right like mm-hmm. ritual mm-hmm. and it it heals you I think at the deepest level
2: yeah and your absolutely home, your home I love I love the analogy of. You literally like went home you went home and and it was Mm -hmm. something you you never had in those early years you never had that Mm -hmm. security and the the care and the relationships and the the safety Mm -hmm. and then when you were when you were able to find that you know but when you're ready the teacher appears yes yes, yeah Mm -hmm, all that mm -hmm. that you missed
1: came to you absolutely i felt held i felt supported um, and I left there so energized and renewed and um, re- something really I mean, so much energy move, I should say something so much, so much shifted so much move, we did many, many embodiment practices, and I really started learning this goddess
2: work,
0: the goddess energy. Yeah, I want yeah. you to talk about t- that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you, how mm-hmm. The juicy stuff. I know, <laughs> the juicy stuff, the mysteries, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to know how you
2: define goddess. Like, I'm so curious mm-hmm. how you define it.
0: Well, at the time,
1: that was a very confusing word. You know, what is the goddess? You know, how could I even think of calling myself a goddess? To me, I thought that was very uh, arrogant somehow, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm a goddess, you know, how do we, how do I even say that, you know, okay, I'm, I'm a cute Trini girl, but I'm a goddess, <laughs> you <laughs> know? Um, and I think it was when I really start when I came back home and I, it took me about a year to really integrate that work, that, that, uh, work in India. And I was able to go to my partner and I said, My dear man, I know we've been together for a long time. We've had two children together, but this isn't right for me anymore. You know, this is just, I know we have children. I know we could probably parent these children in a really powerful way, but I think separately would be better because... I think it would be a lot healthier for both of them um, to be in a space where their parents are happy and healthy than they're in a space of toxicity. They're not learning anything. We're just repeating these patterns of of our past Mm. to them, you know. And when I was able to really finally say that, Betsy, like out of my throat, I felt what goddess meant. Mm. It was a... Freedom and emancipation, uh, uh, awakening, uh, opening, uh, wildness that was released, that to be able Mm. to speak my truth. And not be afraid on something so big, you know, yeah. like, oh my gosh, I mean, if anyone, you know, is single as a mother's single parent, they know it's the hardest thing to say goodbye to a relationship. It is just because you're not just making that decision for yourself. You're making that decision on behalf of your children and right. you have to pray and hope that it's the best thing. Right. So in that moment, you don't know anything of the future. You just know that you're trusting your inner power, your inner wisdom and your Mm. truth here. And to say that was my first real relationship, I would say, with being aware of the goddess that lived within. So even though you had
0: been in India for this year, like learning Mm -hmm. about the goddess, you were in a goddess mystery school, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't Mm -hmm. until the moment that you sort of stepped into your truth Mm -hmm. and spoke it that you actually like felt it. That's so curious Mm -hmm. to me. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, something was required yep. of you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yep. I felt her. I felt her freedom. I felt her expansion. I felt like I f- literally felt my wings, you know, open Ugh, somehow. Wow. And then what came after was, I thought, oh my god, this is going to be hard, which it was. But I felt myself dancing and celebrating, and my mm. children were noticing, and we were noticing. Wow, we were all laughing and smiling, and More joy. I was. L- so much joy, and it wasn't. You know, it wasn't because. Like, I mean, I want to be clear about this because it is important for me to say. It wasn't because everything was so horrible in this relationship. It was because I wasn't living in my truth, and I and, yes. I and I and yes, wasn't living I,
0: in my truth. I you weren't mm-hmm. your wild self because you weren't in yeah. your full essence. Yes. Mm. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And to see my children also in their joy and to see them relax when they saw me and how Your relaxed truth, I was. Yeah. Oh, that was everything. You know, oh, it was just, I understood them. And, uh, and so I started on this path of, you know, collecting more and more, um, more tools, healing, really going deep, 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 deep into my dives. And, um, Yeah, when the dark shadows came, I said, "I am ready." What are you here here to teach me? Come on in. Come on in. Let's. Uh, I wouldn't know that you've done that.
0: I that is one thing that I honor so much in you. That there's been, and I don't know. Maybe it's the goddess energy that turned it on. But you're fearless in terms of facing your own shadow and clearing it. Like I, I just feel that in you, and you're a mentor to me in that way. To keep. Keep purging, facing. keep releasing what isn't you. And facing mm. and facing, facing it. it. Yeah.
1: Because I truly feel like from my journey, you know, the more I clear, the more I face it and look at it and I welcome it in, I can feel myself open to life and I can feel my heart open and I can feel deeper connections to my children, to myself, to my friends, to my sisters, to my, to the world. You know, I can look outside now and that question that I was asked, can you truly be happy? Now I giggle and I'm like, I am so (laughs) blessed out, you know, I Yes, I could be happy. Oh my god, this is amazing. Um I could take in the trees. I can take in the ocean outside. I can take in the sunshine. I can dance with life and I can feel this love for life and this excitement to keep moving and flowing and dancing. I wish, and, you, could um, I wish you could see all of our faces. See
2: all of us right now. Selicia, <laughs> right
0: so, the four of us in this room we're all looking at each other like shaking our heads and our eyes are welling up with know. tears like that that you can say, I am blissfully happy yes. after all, all you've, you've been, been through, because so many people have lived through traumas and get stuck in the, the darkness of it. And you, I think by facing it and being so consistent with working through it, like, look at you are, like you said, I am blissfully happy. You're a living example. You are an possible. example of the possibility. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh. And this this um I, you know, I, I have to say this, it, it one of the most incredible things, I mean, my children are really blossoming and settled and grounded. And it's really beautiful to see them, you know, in this space. And I have found myself this incredible sacred divine masculine partner. Who <laughs> yes. You saw, everyone god. saw the picture of him on the, <laughs> we did the website. The Kate said
0: to me, "She is she like marrying a God? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> that photo of you guys like is a amazing. God and goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's you, true. Don't and you, you feel so like connected. that? I, I,
2: the photo is just beautiful.
1: Yeah. And you know, what is so beautiful about this is that I took my time after my separation to really understand what I needed from partner also to heal myself, you know, to keep looking at those shadows and to keep in that self inquiry and healing and healing. And as it came up, I'm like taking up space. I am, I am, I can do this. I, I am a lot. Yes, I know, but I have to do this. I have to face this. I have to talk about it.
0: No apologies. You are a lot. We all are a lot. We all get to take up the space. Yes. Take up space.
1: I love that. No more apologies. No more apologies. I, I am a too much woman, you know, and I will speak my truth and I will tell you what I've been through and I will heal. And I was really committed to that and. This took me on a really incredible journey, um, which is another huge, huge part of my life. Um, You know, I took myself out to all these beautiful temples on this gorgeous little Caribbean island I live on. And I would pray and I would meditate and I would take time for myself, loving me and reading and in self-love and swimming. And I would take all this time for me, which gave me a lot of space. Although I was working and with two children, single mothering, trying to run a business, I knew the importance for me to put aside a little chunk of time for Mm. me. Uh, And that was gold to have that time for me gave me the, um, the space to really understand what it is I wanted in a partner.
2: Mm. And can we just pause for a second? I I think uh about all the women that do not do that, give themselves permission for that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, you're right. It doesn't have to be hours. It is just, Mm -hmm. it is building it into your life. Because if you don't have those moments of solitude and you and being with yourself, you can't possibly build the life you want because you're not in tune with
0: what's what's next for you. And it's like self-respect. It is like you. And I feel that from you love and respect yourself so much that you're willing Mm -hmm. to carve out time to be with yourself. Yeah. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm. So and to that. and to commune with the earth, you know, to commune mm, with yeah. Mother Earth. It was a really big part for me and to learn from her, to sit when the times were hard and breathe with the waves or just to sit and feel the Tell breeze. Tell us about behind. your cave, my, my, yeah.
0: that cave. I want. Yeah. Is that, I, is that a secret? Is that is that a secret? Can we not talk about the cave? <gasps>
1: Uh, no, the cave is, a, is an important part of my life. It's, um, it's a place on uh, where I live on the island. There's this gorgeous beach that no one goes to because it's on the Atlantic side and it's a beautiful island where I live. And uh, so there's the Atlantic Ocean, the Caribbean Ocean. Everyone goes to the Caribbean Ocean because you can swim, it's calm, it's peaceful. And I love going to the Atlantic Ocean because wild. wild, wild, it's windy. Wild. <laughs>
2: Unpredictable. She speaks my
1: language. Yes. <laughs> So I discovered uh, one day walking down on the beach and, you know, in, in in a place of, you know, deep struggle and, you know, this heaviness that we feel sometimes. And I bumped upon this little cave that I know people go to from time to time, but of all the hundreds of times I have been there, no one's ever been there. And I go to this cave and I take a book and I take you know, all my little bits that I I love, you know, (laughs) all the little things. Your candles. Do you take candles? My candles. candles. I know it. Sacred (laughs) space. I take my candles and I create a little sacred temple. I call it my little temple, my little sacred Mm. space. And I go in there and I meditate for a while. I make love to myself. I scream in wild orgasm. I eat some nice food. I pray a bit to my into my intention and I let things go and sometimes I do a little burning ceremony of you know whatever is on my mind and my heart that's heavy and I let it go or I just sit there and breathe with the waves and there are times that sometimes I mean us as women sometimes we stir right I mean when you start to really awaken that wild side you feel like a oh like a bleep. Wolf just needing to like mm. just uh, you know, so sometimes I even go out there at night and I sleep under the I stars. Have you slept I in know, that I cave at night? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and I put my ear to the earth and I listen mm. and I connect and I plug myself into Mother Earth, and I have learned so many beautiful lessons from Mother Earth, and definitely you know one of my most beautiful tools. And it was Mother Earth. It was this con- this connection that took me into. A really deep meditation one day of um, seeing in this visual, this beautiful like like TV screen in front of my eyes of this tree, um, beautiful mystical vision, giving me this, this liquid to drink. And I drink it and my roots illuminate out into the world. And I immediately knew it was my next step in my healing um, mm. which was the sacred plant medicine that I now use as another very big teacher in my life. Mm. Um, and it led me, uh, so I thought, okay, this is this is special. I know that this is a very sacred thing. And I, 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 you see, one of the very interesting things is that growing up in a space of not being able to trust and never feeling safe, the place that I trust the most is the place of sacred prayer, of the place of my ritual and ceremony. That's the place that I could really listen trust. and tune into myself yeah. and trust. Trust my inner wisdom. And did Mm -hmm. you always,
0: can I ask that, did Mm -hmm. you always trust it or did it develop the more you did it?
1: I think it developed the more I did it, but I know that when I look back, there was something really interesting about looking back at that little Celicia. She had something in there that was just always like sparking, you know? And then eventually I learned how to really tap in and tune in more and create this fire, this flame, this 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 thing that I had I paid. Most attention to, Mm. and And now you're sharing it with the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I googled. um, Oh, I went home, and I'm like, okay, I know what I know. What's coming next? I know my next journey. It's been, you know, it was a. scary to think of because I came from a place in my life where, you know, say no to drugs was a big deal. I never touched it because I didn't want to go the other way somehow that I was shown on TV, you know, um, and also because I was on my own, you know, and I needed to take care of myself. I needed to know that I was safe and I wasn't quite sure about that, although I was quite exposed to it. Um, and so I was, I was, I w- you know, and I again, I grew up in a, in, a, in a kind of more of a society space of business people and, and executives, and this was just not something that was accepted in this world. You know, we didn't really talk about plant medicines and the health benefits or the healing benefits as a matter. Yeah. So I went back and I did some very big research on, on things. And um, what was calling at the time was sacred grandmother ayahuasca. Mm.
0: Um,
1: I, and I started to prepare my vessel, my mind, body, and spirit for something that I knew was going to be quite big for me. And it took me a year and a half mm. of preparation, of learning, of studying, forming myself, doing research and development, preparing my vessel, my physical vessel with, uh, meditation and movement and, and prayer and fasting and all these incredible things that I learned over the years to do for myself and I googled one day I um, love that you googled, googled. <laughs> yes, I googled love from the cave I loved. from the cave I googled from <laughs> <I Googled laughs> the cave I google love retreat Ayahuasca, And uh, up came up this retreat in Costa Rica. I love
0: that you put the word Those, love in there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I found this
1: retreat in, in Costa Rica and I trusted it from the time it came up, I knew it was going to be it because I really trusted myself on this journey that I was doing the work to do this. And this is where I was introduced to, um, you know, this, uh, he- these incredible uh, healing powers of sacred plant medicine that is just so life-changing um and um and a different an entirely different and powerful way of experiencing healing yeah, and this is where I also found um, in ceremony, sat up and was pulled towards my now beloved uh, Adam um, in ceremony towards him, rowing my boat towards him, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what? my person, and he was one of the facilitators and uh, the lead facilitator on yeah. the event, and that you and, googled, uh, you, love. googled love. you googled, love, love. <laughs> <I> googled, love, <laughs> and you fell in and love, and you found love. <laughs> I found love and even at the time I had no interest in, in I, d- I didn't think I had any interest in finding a partner I was still you know in my space of healing and I knew something and we took our time he was in Germany 5000 miles away we connected on you know different calls and things and we eventually met up with each other and um and you know he still holds me in this place where I I am still healing and um I always say my god you are my man, because this is the man who has the patience. He has the experience. He has the love for me to hold me when I'm still in those places. Cause it's still daily. You know, there's still something else that comes up because with him, I felt like I was in a space where I could finally trust myself and the medicine opened this thing for me that I didn't understand before the medicine. Um, it allowed me to trust me even deeper because I could see it and I could feel it. And I felt safe for the yes. first time, safe and at home. Yeah. With another, yeah. He really, he really, he, you know, he is, he's definitely a, a beautiful, beautiful part of my life and a very, very important part of my journey right now. And we continue to do this work together also, because he's also doing the same work as me and he's working with the sacred divine masculine and we continue to, so this is another thing for me, To describe the goddess energy, it is uh, a trusting of my intuition, uh, which is a big, big deal, you know, to really trust my intuition and to allow myself in a space that I know I can set my own boundaries, but I can give and receive love now. Mm -hmm. And that is powerful, I can feel love and I can give love and I can hold a beautiful, sacred, healthy relationship now. And I can communicate consciously to my partner and he is emotionally available and he can return that to me. And he can really show me what sacred divine masculine means. And I can trust that. Because I was told, don't trust man. I was told. Oh, that's what I yes. my Yes. Yeah.
2: And
0: again, mm-hmm. I think, Salisha, there are so many, many women who've been wounded by the masculine, whether it's through a father or an abusive relationship. And... Um, your stories of being just how we started out today, your father, you know, Mm -hmm, holding mm -hmm. a a knife to you saying you're going to be in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. That for you to have worked through layer after layer after layer, and to reach a space where you're saying to us right now, I can freely give love and receive love, I feel is so hopeful to every woman Mm, out there who has had an experience of being harmed by a man and has said, fuck men, I'm over them. Mm. I don't want anything to do with them, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you're showing us like, oh, wait, we can heal this. We can Mm. heal ourselves so that we can be in divine relationships. And
2: once you went through the process of healing for yourself and holding that space for yourself and giving yourself all really years of tuning into yourself – then it showed up for you, yeah. right? You were op- you were in a space to receive,
0: you know. She somewhat- Googled love. She Googled I, I love, know, you I know. How I mean, so many people are doing that right take, now? That's the takeaway point that's for right. everyone. People- just type in love <laughs> to Google and see where it takes you on earth. <laughs> yes. Well, and yep. just, yeah.
2: It feels like you were, yeah, there's this magnet that brought you together because of the space you were in and probably the journey he was on. Um, and that when those two things can
0: happen simultaneously, like you're, it's a beautiful story. So there are going to be so many women that listen to this and think, well, I don't live on a Caribbean Island mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't have access to go to India for two months or what, you know, we all make up those excuses. Well, but my life is different. I can't, I can't. And what, I mean, what do you think are the tools or some tools or even some perspectives that you can give to women who are, because the one thing I learned when I was with you on retreat is that when all of us women shared our stories, it was the same story. Yeah. It looked different. You know, we all, but we all There's were sharing thread. similar stories, and I think that's the beauty of women talking about their stories. Is we can see, I can see myself in you, Salisha. I know Kate can see herself yes. in you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what what do you have to offer women to think about? Like, uh, I am stuck, or I'm not happy, or I've I feel like this isn't enough. Where Where do we start?
1: Well, you know, I feel like with the work I do, I have, I started with an intention, you know, I sat myself down, I think, and this is what I think I would invite women to do, sit yourself down and say, and and set into the inquiry, you know, ask the question, ask your question, whatever it is, is this, is this it? Is this enough for me? Do I deserve this life I'm living right now? Can I have more? Am I happy? Um, and start asking the question. And really sit in some silence, I think some setting aside a little space for yourself every day Mm. is a really important thing for women. Because when we sit in this space, we can remember. We can remember our sovereignty, our wild wisdom that lives inside and this quiet space is accessible to everyone no matter where you are in the world and what is going on in your life I have some sweet little tools that helps you know just to set the tone of the space you know like I find myself a little candle or an incense or um you know just just a quiet space you know and I breathe, I take a deep breath in and I set the intention. What do I want out of my day? What do I want out of my life? And saying my life is sometimes daunting, Betsy. It's like, yeah. oh my God, I, I don't know. I can't even answer what if that I, right What now. if I, I mean, say I the wrong say, thing right? and then my... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't even get through the day right now for some women. I mean, I have been there, you know, but I think just small steps daily and they add up to something. They really add up to something and That quiet space daily to really tune into yourself, to give yourself that time, close your eyes and take a deep breath. You deserve that deep, deep, deep belly breath. You deserve that. And the more we give ourselves those little moments, they add up to sometimes a day a week and you're like, oh, my God, I could never believe how did I not take a day a week off?
0: my life, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, and then before you know it, you're on a one-week retreat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and tell us, Stop speaking of, you have one coming <laughs> yes. up. That before you even go into it, I will say that I've been on a retreat with Salisha. And I am like queen of retreats. Like I've gone on so many of them. I have studied all around the world. I've, I've led retreats. And the, my retreat with you was hands down the most powerful, opening, grounding, beautiful experience I've had in my life. Like, it was so amazing. So I am a firm believer in how you teach, how you gather women, how you create wit- ritual, how you create safety connection community. It's it's so powerful and so beautiful. So if any of you listening are ready for something like that, Salisha is um, the best guide I found at this point in my life. And I know she will guide you somewhere where you need to go. So tell us about this retreat that's coming up.
1: (laughs) Wow, Betsy, thank you for that. Wow, I'm really happy that you've experienced um, this in your life because my intention is to take all these tools, all these techniques um, and my life story and to bring it to a space a safe, beautiful container where women could sit together, can tell their stories, can open up their hearts and feel safe to go into this space of vulnerability because this space of vulnerability is where all the magic is. When we feel like we can sit and be heard and seen and take up space and we can see ourselves in the eyes of our sisters sitting across from us, we can feel ourselves as equal, then we can really remember our own inner wisdom and power. And so, the space that i create for goddess alchemy is uh, at goddess alchemy um it, I, I have this beautiful retreat coming up in mexico on the 22nd to the 28th of may and uh it's gonna be in this beautiful beautiful center an eco village um about 30 minutes outside of cancun led by this incredible family and uh, we're going to create a week of healing and transformation and connection and community. And what I have done is I have created this program so that we can start um, with the question that we all ask, you know, what if something big comes up? What do I do with it? So we start there, you know, we really start with um, getting to know each other in this container, opening up a bit, starting to recognize that we're all experiencing very similar traumas and pain and struggles. Um, and then we start to really transform and transmute that into um, going within the goddess energy, starting to reconnect with the inner wisdom and the intuition of our inner internal bodies, we use embodiment practices to Feel again so that when we feel we can heal and from this space we move into a sacred sacred plant medicine journey which has been a really important healing space of my life and we hold this space in all women's way where um, I have um, created a, a space that women can open relax and open to everything that comes so that they can see and understand where it all came from and we can use this medicine to to um, reprogram our neuropathways. We can use this medicine to heal and not just the sacred plant medicine, but the medicine of love, the medicine of connection, connection, Mm -hmm. the medicine of the medicine. The medicine of woman coming together. Medicine
2: of
0: woman. Medicine of woman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Because at our core, we are powerful. We are sovereign. We are wild free beings. Yes. And this is a space for us to remember this. This is a space for us to connect again in community. This is a space to tell our stories. This is a space to open to love. This is a space to open to ourselves and feel held feel taken care of for mm. a change because whereas women always taking care of everyone but to really allow ourselves to be taken care of to learn what that means to be in a space of give and receive to sit across from our sisters and be loved and yeah just feel that beautiful feminine flow and we shall dance and we shall heal <laughs> and we shall nourish and, and we shall transform yes. I want <laughs> and to go we right shall now <laughs> remember.
0: We shall remember. i encourage you uh that's amazing. Salisha, I adore and love you so much. <laughs> and uh, yes, I want to go back again. We have one final question that we ask everyone. And, um, and then we're going to get some more information about where people can find you. And we'll have that in the show notes. But this is a question we have asked every woman on our podcast. And the funny thing is, is you sent me literally a meme of this exact thing. Like we had already been asking this question to women and you sent this to me as a meme. I don't know if you remember that. I was like, well, clearly she's tapped into the same information. I (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. So in the infamous book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, which I know you've read. um, It's right in front front of me. Perfect. (laughs) perfect. (laughs) So as you know, there are a few precious doors into the world of the wild woman. And so I'm going to read these. And again, we always tell women you may have more than one door, but I'm, I'm so curious about your answer. So if you have a deep scar, that is a door in. If you have an old, old story, that is a door in. If you love the sky and the water and the caves, I added that part so much that you can almost not bear it. That is a door. If you yearn for a deeper life, a full life, a sane life, that is a door. What's your door? What's your door?
1: My door is a new earth. My door is Mm. the healing of the next generation. My door is the woman of the next generation to walk this earth free and wild and in their flow and their creative power and trusting their intuition. My door is the future of the feminine. The
0: wild sovereign feminine. The wild, wild sovereign. sovereign. You're the first one who's created a new door. I know, which I love. <laughs> it says everything about you, because you are a forward uh, thinker that I know is here to shift consciousness. Yeah,
2: and your beautiful spirit, and you are a healer of yourself that has then given this gift back to so many other women by sharing. Your story and your way forward, and I feel blessed to have just had this conversation with you. Yeah. So, thank
0: yeah, you. thank you for taking on this beautiful arc of this interview. We started really talking about some of the the darkness that you've uh-huh. been through, and now look at where we're at—like <laughs> <and, laughs> joy and happiness, and healing, yes. and openness, and you know, connection. Yes, the lightness is so. The lightness yeah. is so bright. It
1: is. Yes. We can experience this, ladies. We
0: can. We can. can. I know we can. (laughs) We all can. We all can. So thank you for your beautiful teaching. We love you, Salisha. Thank you. Tell tell our listeners where they can find you, and we'll have this in the show notes as well.
1: Okay. First of all, thank you so much, Betsy. Yes. I love you, woman. I, I know love you. woman. And thank you so much, Kate. Thank you so much for this beautiful opportunity to share this beautiful word mm. of love and light and yes. sovereignty and wildness. And as you continue to do this work yourself, I hold you in my heart mm. um, and my prayers. And um, okay. So how can you find me? Uh, Activate Your Alchemy, um, www.activateyouralchemy.com. And uh, this was born out of a vision I had. Um, I was somehow told that my name should be Salisha Aya. And I thought, what does this Aya mean? What does this Aya mean? And I inquired again, and in a vision, it came Activate oh, yeah. Your Alchemy. So this was given to me by the beautiful um, sacred plant medicine, Activate Your Alchemy. Mm. So uh, this is where I, uh, this is the house for all my work that i offer right now including uh, information to the next goddess alchemy retreat um in may uh, followed by a shamanic tantric medicine retreat i'm going to be uh co-facilitating with my beautiful beloved adam and his uh very very dear friend steve another very sacred divine masculine so we're going to be working in tantra and shamanic medicine um, working with divine sacred and divine masculine as we come together Mm. in this beautiful uh, healing sacred sexuality. Um, so all all of it will be on my website. Um, it all is there as a matter. And, um, yeah. And also Instagram is also a sweet place that everybody seems to be connecting. Um, salisha.ia is, um, the handle I carry there and I tend to post, yeah, all the offerings there also. So. I hope I send this call out to the woman, uh, the woman who's ready to remember her inner wisdom, the woman that's ready to reunite with her sacred divinity and the woman who's ready to rewild her spirit.
0: Amen. And if you're feeling a little bit of trepidation as you're listening to this, it means that you need to follow through and go check out her stuff because she will transform you or help you transform yourself in the most gentle, beautiful, and uh, supportive way. Thank you, Salisha. Thank you so much Thank for you, today. Blessings. Aho! Aho! Aho.
2: <laughs> and now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris, with Wild West.
0: Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.